these days now that they're all getting older it's I get taught something it feels like every day from them but I think the biggest thing was um, don't stand in the way of people welcome to the art of fatherhood a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood now here's your host Art Eddy this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Four Fathers. If you're tired of your look or you regret putting that I used to be cool bumper sticker on your car, you need to check out Four Fathers. No, I'm not talking about the founding fathers of America. I'm talking about the fantastic clothing brand Four Fathers. Yet, I do think George Washington, the boy, would rock a lot of the clothes from Four Fathers. From the boardroom to the back nine, barbecues to bath time, changing diapers to changing oil, Forefathers offers beautifully designed, thoughtfully tailored, ultra comfortable, and original polos for dads of all shapes and sizes. Inspired by what it means to be a true father, they celebrate the joys of this fatherhood adventure with fun and friendly dad apparel meant to be worn as a dad badge of honor. I love the attention to detail that Nick and his crew over at Forefathers have for their clothes. Their names alone are legit. There is the meat sweats, glazed over, beer me, and turf dad. And as a sneakerhead, there are so many sneakers that would match perfectly with all the Forefathers clothing line. So if you're looking for a unique gift for your dad or dad, you want to purchase it yourself, check out all the great shirts, hats, and shirts for kids over at their site at shopforefathers.com. That's shop, F-O-R-E, fathers.com. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And I'm so honored to have this gentleman on, Vincent D'Onofrio. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How are you doing? It's good, bro. Good to be here. Looking forward to chat with you about your book. Congratulations on Pigs Can't Look Up. We're going to get into that in a second. But I want to talk a little bit about your fatherhood journey. When you found out you are going to be a dad, sir, what was going through your mind? I found out if I was going to be a dad and going to be the dad of a daughter, which was amazing. I think we're we're all very similar when we find out we're going to have a child for the first time. My thoughts were like, am I going to be a good father? Like, what is this going to be all about? What will my child be like? How will I contribute to raising a child? Am I even capable? How could I be capable of having that much responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then you're right. And then there's like the simple joy of it. Oh my God, I get to look at a little creature, a little, little girl, especially that I get to, it comes from me and, and her mother, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you're speaking to uh, the choir here, sir. I'm a dad of two daughters, so I fully uh, feel you on that. When we talk about values, uh, I always ask, like, you know, what are some of the values? And obviously with Pigs Can't Look Up, you are donating the profits to uh, the Queen's Theater and therefore after program dedicated teaching performers who are disabled. So being kind, writing a book, it talks about empathy and looking at, you know, that we all have common ground. Besides empathy and like trying to care for others, talk about some of the other core values you're looking to instill into them. You know, I think what you said, core values is the main thing, but I think there's other topics that skirt that um, are, one is um, not turning your back on your neighbor. You know, I think that that's what inspired the, the tweet that I posted that was the, of, of the same, was called Pigs Can't Look Up. And it's the same story. It hasn't changed. And um, it was at a point where, you know, I knew that um, this was a couple of years ago, uh, where I knew that the country, our country had always been divided in many different ways. And that hasn't changed. But um, in my in my generation, this was definitely the most kind of real time 
event that I could that I realized what was going on. The, how quickly we it was obvious that um, we were divided and that we were growing by the minute. And um, you know, back around 2019, and and you know, I just. You know, I grew up in the north and the south, and um, I grew up with a neighbor on each side. One was, um, you know, on the left, and the other was on the right. My family was kind of very bohemian. My mother raised us in a very kind of bohemian way. Uh, but I was best friends with those kids. I used to go to their house, and their evangelists would be on their television. You know, I they were like my best friends. And then on the kids on the other side were like my best friends, and we were all would hang out together. And I, and I, um, I just believe that, that, um, that, uh, you know, we, we, we are in our environment in this country, we are allowed to express our opinions and believe what we want to believe. But um, I don't think that means we need to turn our backs on each other. And I just don't believe in it. And I, I just refuse to turn my back on my neighbor. No, what, no matter what my liberal beliefs are, um, they can turn their back on me if they want to. That's okay. But I'm not going to give up on them and I'm not going to preach to them. I'm not going to, but you know, if it, there's so much in this world that we have in common and, yeah. um, the left and we, we should not allow the extreme left and the extreme right to dictate what this country is like. You're a hundred percent on that. And I, I just feel like this book just kind of shares, like just help out people, whether they look like you, they're different values, different views. Yeah. And if we, and if we try, cause I just feel like we're in a, almost like an absolutist society with you you're either against me or you're with me and if you're against me you're you're you have no value and it just really stinks to see when you're raising kids it's like this isn't this isn't the way it should be right you're preaching to the choir that's exactly what i felt and that's what inspired the poem that that i tweeted out was that feeling you know that the, the idea that it can be the most insignificant thing if it, if it is you know and it, it can help somebody in the biggest, bigger, bigger ways than you ever thought possible. And in turn, help you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, maybe if you, if you, if you reach out of your circle, um, reach out of what you know and try and do something that seems insignificant for somebody or something that maybe just maybe it might enlighten you about your life and yeah. what, how, how you can maybe, maybe you should learn to look up get a chance. Maybe somebody will help you look up at the stars. You know, you know, you, you mentioned growing up uh, and you had two different, you know, neighbors with two different sets of values. And when I do interview, especially, especially football players right on, on this podcast, and I talk about, you know, what's the locker room like? And they said, it's such a great place because everyone comes from different backgrounds and you learn about people. You're, you're obviously you're there for a goal, right. To win a game and, and, and gel as a team. But he's like, whether it's a white person or a black person I've talked to, they're just like, it. you understand more about someone's culture. And what you're looking to do with this book is just like, put yourself in their shoes and see how, if if, if you needed help, they'd be with you. So I, I totally agree, man. Um, what is something, we're going to go back, obviously talk about the book as well a little bit more, but what is something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad? Oh my God. These days, now they're all getting older. It's, I get taught something it feels like every day from them. But I think the biggest thing was um, don't stand in the way of people. If they need guidance, then give it your all to guide them, but don't stand in their way. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's like caging a wild animal. It's just not fair. It's not right. Yeah. You know, um, we should never have a collar on anybody, yeah. you know, and, and especially if they're your children, you know, you, 
do not stand in the way of your children. Guide them and keep an eye on them, which is a natural instinct for a parent, I think, for most parents. Because even to this day, my daughter's 31, and then my sons are 22 and 15. And, you know, one eye is always on them. But, I, you know, I learned to not stand in their way. Yeah. You know? And they taught me that. Nice. I, I, I think that can almost be used in my last parenting question, especially, but like for new dads or just parents in general, do you have a dad hack or piece of advice you'd like to offer to them? My dad advice was always fight the battle of dad jokes. Never stop. Like it's a battle, but you got to be all in all the time. You have to be on the front line with your dad jokes at all times. Um, try to be influenced <laughs> by other dads and they're, silly jokes and and express yourself like a good dad would um your 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 children will never stop laughing at your jokes even if they, they've kept it inside so they don't give you the pleasure that they enjoyed it but um <laughs> and if that's not true that's how you should always think that's that that's true love it okay i'm, I'm, I'm gonna put you on a spot here and i'll do my joke my go-to dad joke and you can tell me yours my nose is i love it like so I'll, I'll tell my kids like, yeah, so fellow dad was talking to me about just the heating bill and all that other stuff and how to try to keep it down. And his son comes up to him. He's like, dad, it's so cold in here. And he's like, oh, if you're cold, why don't you just go in the corner? And he's like, why do I go in the corner? Because it's 90 degrees there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> um, so like I have friends that do jokes like that. Yeah, like I love that because they're they're all very funny. But so I'm more of like a spontaneous guy. Like I don't say jokes. Yeah. But I will in the moment call out stuff or just pretend like I don't understand stuff. You know, like like I'm completely unaware of the actual meaning of something when in actuality I know exactly what's going on. But I'll just say something ridiculous and they'll all just kind of look at me like you're not going to go there now. Like, right. Like, really, you're going to go there now. Don't do it. You know, you know, and it's always like. You know, it rides the edge, you know, yeah. like being appropriate and not appropriate, you know. Well, just kind of going with that, the spontaneous, I agree with you, are the best. My family and I were with another family. We're at the zoo. We're all hanging out. We come out like the little bird sanctuary and I see and I go, oh, my gosh, guys, look, there's two cans are out of the out of the sanctuary. And they're like, well, I'm like, yeah, look over there. There's two cans. And it was two cans of soda. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me in those, but obviously yeah, congrats on pigs can't look up. Like I said, I love the premise and all that, you know, obviously we, we see a lot of negativity on social media, but like I said, this, you, you tweeted this out and this was all about positivity. When did you think about turning this into a book? Love the artwork. I know that uh, you guys you have a great artist for that, but talk a little bit about like from that initial tweet or that, you know, that sequence of tweets, into a book like what was that like the inspiration of turning into a book well i had put out a book before with this um with cameron and company that the 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 at the, the original publishers and editors of my of my first book which is called mother stuff and things <laughs> and and then abrams um not acquired them and and i still work with the with the gruners um who who run uh cameron and company but um you know, the, the, the idea of Abrams, you know, loving this children's book and and really promoting the heck out of it is is um, is, is I, I love the idea of that to write another one. And I, I am writing another one about a finch. And um, now but um, 
you know, it was, you know, the, you know, I, it, because it was so popular as a tweet, you know, um, and I knew that it was hitting people from all over the world, you know, and when I think of uh, the, one of the first things, like I traveled the world, of course, because of my real job, right? And 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 um, I've been very fortunate in that way and met so many different people. But I've met um, one of the, I remember when I was very young, you know, being out of like Florida and then Brooklyn, New York, like I grew in both of those places. And, and um, my worlds were so small, you know, and my my the children that I had met in my life um, were I, I only had that as a reference. They were either from New York or they were from Florida. Then when I started traveling the world, the country and the world, you know, one of my if you really want to learn about how much we have in common with people in other countries is to is to watch the children. And and. And so I thought, wow, that this is a good match. Like Pigs Can't Look Up could be a children's book because they'll definitely get it, you know. And I know that adults were getting it, but I think if we added, I thought if we added pictures to it, and and the and uh, Cameron and company and uh, um, and now Abrams thought it was a great idea, and and so we just immediately went to work on it because of that. Nice. And one of the things my, my daughters are, are 15 and 13, we're well, going to be 13 soon. But like when, when they were the age, you had like those books and like children's books, it was always a great thing to have in the sense of like, you have these great books with these great messages and you can kind of tell these, you know, the kids, like the moral of the books, but what do you hope obviously as the, and I know, I know it's kind of like that we're all on the same page, but what do you hope like parents will kind of use this as talking points when they're done reading the book with their kids? Well, I just had a woman tell me that um, after it's a very simple little things, you know, the kind of stuff that I was hoping, very simplistic little lessons. And her daughter, after she read the book, her daughter um, said to her, you know, first thing she said to her, why isn't it longer? You know, it's because you know, she, she was she was like she had tears in her eyes. She was really moved by the book and, and she just wanted it to be a little long, the long story to be longer, you know, which I thought was great. But she also said right after that to her mom um, that um, she wanted to do something for her friend, or this particular friend, and named her named the girl's name um, at school. She wanted to write her a note or or do something to her because she felt that um, she might need a little help, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, like you couldn't get more simple than that. You know. Yeah. And and uh, I guess that's in the end, you know, us as adults and and the children, maybe. You know, maybe these simple little things are not so simple, you know, yeah. these maybe these little tiny little lessons are actually big lessons. Who knows? Yeah, no doubt. Um, thank thank you again for writing this book. I got two more questions before we finish off with the father. A quick five. Go for it, dude. A lot of the roles that you've played on TV and in movies are fantastic. Obviously men in black, Jurassic park law and order. And I love the fact that each of your characters are very different and you, and you nail them to a T, but I got to say, as you can kind of tell, I'm a, a geek comic geek. I love, totally noticed that right away. Yeah. Love, love what you did with Kingpin. I've been reading comics since the nineties and man, like I get chills every time. Like when I was a boy, like that was like that. And like when Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker's up, you know how I got these scars? Like, 
the, like those two iconic line, like you made that line so iconic and to see you and dare like the, the, the car with the escalate scene. And then obviously some other parts, man, I'm just like, Vincent is killing this character so well. And I appreciate just from one comic book fan. And I know you get this a lot. It is amazing to see the love that you put into Kingpin. And I know I'm not asking for spoilers, I'm not asking for anything, but just talk about what your favorite aspect, because there's so many layers in this character and the way you guys filmed it on Netflix and all that stuff is great. And I'm so glad to see you guys back. Talk a little bit about like what you love most about playing this character. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, the, the Netflix show and this new kind of world we're creating now, this new Daredevil Born Again, you know, it's a different show, not related to the Netflix show, but it's, you know, the... I mean, if we're just talk about my character alone for a minute, like it, you know, that's a, he's a multi-leveled human being, you know, he's not, he's not um, a cartoon bad guy. And, and, um, you know, he's not one dimensional by any means. And, and so, you know, this is the way that I, I approached, um, the, oh, I will say that, that the writing um, of the Netflix show is what um, inspired me to approach the character the way that I did. And then I, I just went further and further with his, his the, the dimensions of this particular kind of villain, but I don't really think I'm a villain, but people do. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was into comics when I was little too, and I definitely thought of him the villain like that, but um, I don't think of him like that anymore. It's, it's much more personal to me. And, and uh, yeah, no. So it's basically his, his emotionality his that he, is a very emotional dude and he, he's um you know he's got a really 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 dark side you don't want to have to deal with you know but he's also very emotional he you know it's it's the it's the most kind of complicated thing about human beings that that um you know the funniest people in the world can have dark sides to them you'd never imagine the most dark people in the world can have light sides in them that you would never imagine we're vulnerable, you know, we all came out of our mother, you know, and, and we're that child, that baby that comes out of the mother and we are so vulnerable and we are really always that no matter what we try and do to not be that in the end, you know, we're always that. And, and so this, this character is that to me, he's, um, he's a child and a, and a, and a monster. Yeah. And again, thank you for that. I just, just, seeing him on like how you crafted him was just amazing. And I know he said it dealt with the writing too, but the way you're taking him to another level is fantastic. Um, this might be tough to answer acting, producing, writing, directing. Do you prefer one of the others or are you like, Hey art, it's like asking which one of my children is my favorite. I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, no, I will go there. I mean, I think acting is always going to be my favorite thing, you know, because I think that that's where, I mean, storytelling is definitely, um, where my art lies, you know, that's where I live. And, you know, that comes under directing, it comes under writing and stuff too. But I think that um, the idea of uh, being that, um, like when man first started telling stories in caves, you know, with drawings behind them, with lighting them with torches, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think that's where my creativity all comes from. It comes from that storytelling as an actor kind of thing nice so i believe that that's my favorite yeah. love it um and you're great at all all facets and all different uh spectrums of that man so keep on doing Thanks. the great work uh we're gonna finish Thanks. off with the fatherhood quick five and again 
wide range range of movies. So maybe it's like during the holidays, but is there a favorite family movie you guys like to watch together? Back in the day, it used to be It's a Wonderful Life, you know? Okay. And 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 then these days, you know, we we don't we don't really do the Christmas movie thing anymore, but we do pick a movie and watch it. It's a very hard decision to make, you know, between us all. But we do we do pick in a movie. It's always something different mostly. But when when we were kids, it was when when my children were young, it, it was it's a wonderful life. Nice. Type yeah. of genre of music or band you couldn't wait to in introduce your kids to when they got to a certain age to appreciate it. Rock and roll. Nice. Describe the yeah. perfect and, family vacation. Where would it be? Um, on a catamaran somewhere in the world. Nice. Uh, other than Kingpin, do you have a favorite Marvel character? <laughs> that's like that's oh interesting, to, in your opinion. Well, <laughs> I have to be careful about this. Well, okay. Also, too, I'm not going to. No, no, no. Other, other than other than Daredevil. <laughs> other no, than no, 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 no. I actually was not going to include Daredevil, but I, uh, even though you know, I had I had some of them, but no, my my go tos. I have to name them all because I can't just name one. Sure. So my go tos were Batman, Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Captain America, sometimes Spidey, and uh, uh, Punisher. Those were my guys. Okay, great list right there. All different kinds, and I can see why you're a great actor because you see, like, in the sense of like, there's different parts of that. Of each character is different for many different reasons. So I love that, man. Uh, great answer. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Top three. Mm -hmm. Lunatic time um sense of humor awesome great three words right there people make sure you follow vincent on twitter and instagram at vincent d'onofrio make sure you pick up his book pigs can't look up wherever you purchase books again i know you're very busy i appreciate your time i appreciate your thoughts on fatherhood and i wish you and your family continued success there oh dude thank you man i appreciate it man. thank you thanks sir I want to thank Four Fathers for sponsoring this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast. Nick, who started up the company, is a really cool guy, and he set up a really cool community over at Four Fathers. Not only can you get some sweet shirts for yourself, but there's also some matching stuff for your kids to rock with you. Like I said, awesome shirts named Meat Sweats, Glazed Over, Beer Me, Turf Dad, and like for me as a sneakerhead, I love the fact that there's so many cool clothing options that can match up with my sneakers. Go to shopforfathers.com. That's shop, F-O-R-E, fathers.com. Support Nick. He's got a lot of great shirts over there and a fantastic community he's building. And while you're on the internet, make sure you check out the Art of Fatherhood website over at artofatherhood.net. You can check out podcasts, reviews, the Dad's Doing It Right column. You can win prizes, all that good stuff. And when you listen to the podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review. And I appreciate your support as I try to promote good fatherhood examples all around the world through my podcasts and articles. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.